0: Are you curious how to compensate your associate doctor appropriately? If you want the relationship to last and want it to be a win-win-win, you've got to get the money part right. In fact, this is the number one question we get from both CEOs and associate doctors. For your business to scale well, the associate doctor compensation must be done right. You've got to get the money piece right success in this relationship means having to answer to three critical questions. First, knowing what the associate's role will be within the business. Next, knowing what you're trying to accomplish as the business owner bringing on the associate. And lastly, knowing how the relationship will end. I realize this seems simple, but the truth is it's easier said than done. Thankfully, We've done this right many times, and now we're here to help you. Hello and welcome to the Remarkable CEO Podcast, a show dedicated to chiropractors, who want to transform their job into a business so that they can have a remarkable practice as part of a Remarkable Life, not instead of one. With your hosts, Dr. Pete Camiolo and Dr. Stephen Franson. Welcome back to another episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. I'm Dr. Pete Camiolo. And I'm Dr. Stephen Franson. And we are continuing the conversation. This is part two of the Associate Doctor episode conversation that we have had and we are continuing in the trifecta discussion which is what we've been having over the last few weeks so welcome to the remarkable team building series we are digging into the team and building a remarkable team so doc let's do a quick recap here as we kick off this episode because i know many of you are are anxiously awaiting going deeper with us today. And we're going to get into compensation plans, bonus We're going to be getting into the understanding of the structure. I'm going to give you some context, some examples of the way you can structure this uh, within the context of your business with an associate doctor. So uh, let's do that. But let's first, uh, let's do a quick recap here uh, from our previous episodes.
1: Right on, Dr. Pete. All right, so let's zoom way out, right? So when we talk about creating a remarkable practice as part of a remarkable life, the next ascension here is to creating that remarkable business, right? So the re- remarkable business that will support that remarkable life, not compete with it. We talked about the trifecta, right? Those three components that are so critical to have in place for that remarkable business. The first is you becoming that remarkable CEO. The second is your office manager becoming that remarkable COO. This conversation is all about getting that remarkable associate doctor in place, right? So for some of you, you might be like, ah, man, I'm man, I'm feeling like I'm ready to hire my first associate or my only associate doctor. And, and you might be terrified to do that because you've heard the horror stories, right? Or maybe you're actually in one of those horror stories right now. And you're like, man, I got to fix this thing. Or maybe you're uh, ready to add another associate doctor. Maybe you have multiple associate doctors. Maybe you have multiple clinics. This conversation's for you, gang, right? So we're going to talk about how to do this incredibly tricky thing, but incredibly critical thing, right? Because the juice is worth the squeeze, right? So we love the associate doctor element. In fact, it's absolutely necessary. It's a requirement to go from owning a job to owning a business, right? So, And that's what we're all about. So let's get this associate doctor thing right. So we've had multiple conversations now around building that remarkable associate doctor relationship. We had conversations with Dr. Mark Mao from Chiro Matchmakers. We talked about the you know, the important series of questions that they drill down on in their what's called the discovery process, which is a really important place to start, right? So if you don't do this right, you're not going to get it right, right? So remember, 67% of these things fail. 67% of these are remarkable, or excuse me, these associate doctor relationships fail which is a horrible statistic for everybody. It's a lose, lose, lose. It's a lose for you as the owner. It's a lose for the associate doctor as the talent. And it's a big lose, big lose for chiropractic overall. So let's get it right. So start with your why. What does success look like to you? Why do you want to bring on an associate doctor, right? So what are you trying to accomplish? What is your objective? We got to get that right. We start there. Answers sound like, well, I want to be able to increase my capacity to serve and see more people. Or maybe I need to free up my own time so I can do more marketing or, or more leadership as a CEO. I want to start working more on my business than in my business, right? Or maybe it's like, I want to spend more time with my kids, my family, go on vacations. Maybe it's, I got to go on maternity leave and I know I've got more kids coming, right? So, or maybe it's, you know what? I got to reduce my exposure. Man, if anything happens to me, this place screeches to a halt. Whatever your reason is, you got to own it, Right. Because that that you've got to, you got to recognize the weight of that reason is going to offset the weight of the brain damage that's going to come with trying to go through this process, which is really difficult. It's wonderful, but it's really difficult. It's kind of like being married, having kids, starting a business. They're all hard, right? But you can do it right, and you can learn from successful people, people who have done this well. Which is why we're on this podcast with you right now, right? So start with why do you want to bring in an associate doctor? What are you trying to accomplish? Write it down and own it. This is why I'm going to do this. Then it's, okay, so based on that outcome and based on who I am and what the business is right now, my business model, my practice model, what do I want that associate doctor to do? What's going to be their role in achieving that outcome, right? So, you know, we talk about the four categories of the business successes, attraction, conversion, retention, and team building. What do you want them to do? What's going to be their job description, right? So please don't say, oh, I just want them to be a mini me. Right. So guess what? If they were a mini you, they wouldn't be looking to you for an associate position. They'd be out starting their own business. Right. So just recognize the truth around this. is like, are you looking for somebody who's going to be a business builder, who's going to be great at attracting new patient leads into the practice? They're going to be, they're going to love to go outside your practice and do spinal screenings and corporate wellness and outside talks and dinner talks. Right. Are you looking for somebody who's a digital marketing expert or who's really into that is going to organize your digital marketing expert team of contractors? Right or is it somebody who's going to drive your internal market what do you want this person to do are they going to be in charge of attracting attraction and generating more leads or is it conversion where you want this you want to bring somebody in who's going to compel people to take action is it going to, are you looking to hire a natural salesperson is that what you want this associate doctor to be able to do or is it a caregiver are you looking for somebody who's going to be in charge of educating and adjusting patients and delivering excellent chiropractic care getting better health outcomes creating relationships building value they're going to be in charge of retention right or maybe it's a team builder somebody who you're looking at is like man I need somebody to help me run this team build this team train this team develop this team i think you got the picture docs what do you want this doctor to do specifically okay this is really important and the last question is okay so based on now we know what we're trying to accomplish what we want this doctor to do inside of this system how does this relationship end right so what's the exit strategy so when and how does this end right so it's one thing to say how you want the relationship to go It's a totally another thing to understand how does this relationship end? How does it end for you as the owner? How does it end for them? That's the exit, right? Those three things together, they combine and they inform who you're looking for, who you're looking to hire. And that is the avatar of the type of doctor that you're looking to hire. Now, Dr. Pete, in the last episode, we talked about the different types of doctors out there in the world. There's different avatars or categories for doctors, right? So I'm going to be brief. I'm going to keep it high level but you and I, you can picture the the chiropractors that you know, not just associates, picture the chiropractors that you know in your life, put faces and names to these avatars as I describe them and picture this as a continuum, right? So it's a continuum. Although I'm going to position it like it's three buckets. I want you to visualize it as three buckets positioned on a continuum, right? So the far left-hand side, the avatar of the race car, right? So this is the doctor that has lots of talent, lots of horsepower, lots of drive, has to be the boss, wants to be in the front of the room, right? So this is probably you, doc. This is probably the person that's listening right now. If you're listening to this CEO content, you're most likely somebody who's really somebody who has to be the boss and wants to be in the front of the room. That's the far left-hand side, the red race car, right? And then on the opposite end of the spectrum, the far right-hand side, this is what we call the pickup truck, The pickup truck, they're awesome. They want to save the planet, but they want to help you do it. They want to give love and serve, but they have no interest in owning a business, right? They don't want to be an entrepreneur. They want to be a chiropractor. They want to be a doctor. That's what they signed up for, right? So they've got. Great hands. They love their technique. They love to educate and adjust people, right? So these people are worth their weight and goal. That's your pickup truck. And then you got some people that are right in the middle, right? They're, hey, you know what? They got some horsepower. They got some off road cap- cap- carrying capability. They're really kind of the utility player. They're flexible in both directions. You know, these are they put me in coach now. I'll do whatever you want me to do. Honestly, they might not be great at anything, but they're good at everything because they've got a great work ethic. They love to train. They love to develop themselves and they're awesome. There's mo- most of my associate doctors, I had a tendency to hire an SUV, right? Someone who is right in the middle there, right? So here's the deal: if you look at this as a spectrum, now take it next level and recognize that not everybody is going to be purely one of those three entities. That's why we use a color spectrum, right? So we actually overlay the color spectrum over those. So you get the far left hand side, you've got the red race car. Far right hand side, you've got the indigo violet, you know, pickup truck, right? And then you get the SUV in the middle with the with the green and the blues, right? So you know, we actually use the color spectrum to describe the different shades of these doctors, you know, because you'll have a tendency one way or the other. I think you can visualize that with me. So what we want to know is How are these doctors hardwired, right? So what you'll find is most of these race cars, they're really extroverted and dominant personalities. Whereas on the far right-hand side, the pickup truck has a tendency to be more introverted, less dominant, but they're high on compliance and pace and patience, which means they'll follow your systems and they're really loyal, right? So what we're describing here is the cognitive behavior of these human beings, how they're hardwired to behave. And Dr. Pete, when it comes to giving people certain roles, which comes with certain expectations and agreements. One of the most important things you'll ever know is how a person is hardwired to behave and what the role you're hiring them for, what that calls for. Because we hire for personality, philosophy, experience and skills, but we fire for behavior.
0: Yeah, it's really powerful. I think just reiterate a few things that you said, it's just really powerful. And I know the first time that I, I learned about the spectrum, it really opened my eyes and it was liberating to me. And I, I, you know, we did a lot of nutritional testing in our office. We, we focused a lot on nutrition. I remember, you know, the pH strips and we had those all the time. We were checking people's saliva and things like that for pH. And, you know, and whenever I saw the, that spectrum, I thought, man, and I know it's very similar to the wellness continuum as well, but still it's, it, it just, it really hit me that, you know what, there is a unique human being here. And this is what I love about chiropractic is, you know, there's so many unique gifts and talents and skills that belong in chiropractic. We actually need everyone. We need to embrace our uniqueness. It's actually in our uniqueness that we that we actually develop our greatest strength. It's in embracing our uniqueness and in actually surrounding ourselves with people that are strong in areas where we're weak, where we can actually put people in areas of strength where we, you don't have to be awesome at everything. I think that was the premise at the beginning of this. You don't have to be awesome at everything, but guess what? You need to build a team who is. And so because many of you as CEOs, as let's just call, I'm just going to go ahead and say you're race cars. I know that's not true for everybody, but let's just say in many ways, you quote unquote, have to be awesome at everything, or you, you've thought you were awesome at everything, or maybe you've just made yourself have to be awesome at the things you need to be awesome at. And that's great. That'll get you so far, but that's what we call an owner operator, right? It's a head down, bum up, and you can go for a season like that, but it's not scalable. It's not sustainable. And ultimately it's not right. You know, ultimately there are people that exist that are, their natural genius, their genius, remember, God only makes geniuses, is to be in their zone of genius. And that's where for you as a CEO, first, we say, hey, identity shift, right? Identify what is your zone of genius? What is the area that you are your gift, your talent, which is why, again, Doc, we talked about this in the last episode, it's you're going to exchange your money to to buy someone else's time, energy, and focus, right? So there's four limited resources. So you're using your money to do that so that you can free up your time, energy, and focus. So the the time, energy, and focus freedom that you gain should be used to be invested in your area of genius right? So that's where you should be investing it. Now, it maybe I'm going to buy back some time so I can spend more time with my family. That may be it. But professionally, what will happen over time as a CEO is you will have more time if you do this right. And so you will be able to invest that time productively. And hopefully you'll choose to do that in area of your genius so that you can make a bigger impact in our world. You can make a bigger income and ultimately you'll have greater levels of fulfillment in your life fulfillment and meaning ultimately are what everyone is searching for. They're searching for peace They're searching for fulfillment. Well, the same is true for your associate. They're searching for fulfillment. They're searching for meaning and they have a genius. And our goal here is to find out what is their genius so that we put them in a position of their, of their genius. That's our goal. And so there is a right person for the role. And so if you know who you are first as the associate, that's why the, as a CEO, the first thing is you have to know your identity. You have to know if you're going to bring in an associate doctor, do you need someone and want someone who's going to be a business builder? If that's what you need them for, and you're going to look to grow, and Doc, we're about to dig into this, then, then you have to have a clear understanding of exactly what your role is going to be during that time, right? What your role is going to be. Because if you're actually bringing someone in so that you can go out and build the business more, then you actually would want somebody who's going to be helping you in the office as a caregiver so that you can grow the business. So there's got to be clarity here. And this is, I think, a really important distinction. So Dr. Stephen, I would like to unpack this a little bit. So let's just, we were talking about this before the this episode of, you know, what, what would be a simple example that we could go through in, in contextually, you know, and we thought through, okay, so there's two real scenarios. Number one is growth. Number two is freedom, right? These are really two objectives. So what is the objective for you, Doc, answering that question? So let's do that today. And we'll give an example. So what is the objective? What is the objective that you're trying to accomplish as the owner? Okay. We got to answer that question first. There's an order. And then number two, then that would help you answer the second question, which is, and what do you want the associate doctor to help you do? Right? So those are the two questions. Let's dig into that because if you can answer these two questions by the end of this episode today, we've accomplished a lot. So let's start there, Doc.
1: Yeah. Even if this is not your objective, just understanding how we are using this model to arrive at a solution or understanding the methodology, it's a win, right? So we listed in the beginning of this and in the last call, we listed like five or six different objectives it could be. So let's just say, let's pick a simple one and say, we actually just want to grow. right? So that's my objective. I'm bringing in an associate doctor because I'm starting to feel I'm close to my capacity and I need to bring in an associate doctor so I can increase our capacity so we can serve more people. We want to grow. We want to make a bigger impact make a bigger income. Okay. So let's, let's say that's the objective. What are you trying to accomplish doc? So when we're working with our, our doctors that say, Hey, I want to hire an associate doctor or another associate doctor. I say, oh, that's awesome. Pause. What are you trying to accomplish? Let's start there. The objective is growth. I want to increase our capacity. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing, but I want somebody to come alongside me and increase the capacity. Cause we've got another set of hands in there. Right. Beautiful. Okay. Awesome. Growth. I love that. Now what do you want their role to be? Okay, you're hiring another player to come in here into your office. What do you want them to do to help you grow? Is it attraction? You want somebody who's going to be a business builder who generates leads or converts patients, a salesperson? Or is it somebody who's like, listen, I want somebody who's just going to come in and educate and adjust. I need somebody who's checking spines and changing minds. That's who I need in the adjustatorium. I can handle the attraction conversion. I just need this person to come alongside me and help me adjust because we can go 300, 400 people. I need somebody alongside me. So I'm just not just loading all more, more weight on the bar for me to squat, right? So, all right, great. Now we have an objective. What's our objective growth. Number two, what do we want the associate doctor to do? We, we want the associate doctor to increase our adjusting capacity. So I'm going to put them in the adjustatorium and they're going to help me serve more patients, right? So this would be what we'd call a caregiver, right? So you're not expecting them to generate a whole bunch of leads, whole bunch of new patient conversions, et cetera. You want them to be delivering chiropractic care, much like brain surgeon working for a hospital, right? Brain surgeons, don't fo- they don't focus on generating clients and patients for brain surgery. They don't sell people brain surgery. They deliver brain surgery, right? They walk in the operating room in the hospital that they don't own and they go, okay, so which brain am I working on? That brain over there on the table, let me go do brain surgery. That's what they do, right? So this is what you're hiring, a caregiver, somebody who's going to deliver excellent chiropractic care, right? So this is the expectations and agreements conversation you would have with this person, right? So I'm hiring you, to deliver excellent chiropractic care, better health outcomes for our people, generate better relationships through patient education and delivering excellent chiropractic care so that people will stay under regular chiropractic care and they will follow recommendations. And so retention is really going to be their responsibility. So that's the expectations and agreements that you're setting up with this person, right? So everybody's going to begin with clarity and then you get into the compensation model. And the compensation model, of course, is going to be a reflection of two things, their role, what you expect them to do, and how how they're hardwired and their role in hardwiring, those go together because you're going to be putting the right person in the right role, doing the right work the right way. So you're going to make sure the person is hardwired to excel in the role that you're trusting them with, right? So it's all continuity here, gang, right? So I want to make sure that you're hearing what I'm saying. If you came to me, let's use the sports analogy, Dr. Pete, I'm going to do football again. If you came to me and said, all right, so we want to score more points so we can win more games. That's the objective. It's like, okay, great. Well, there's lots of ways you can do that, right? Just like there's lots of ways you could grow a practice practice, right? So it's like, all right, so let me get this straight. You want to, your objective is to score more points so you can win more games. Awesome. Now let's assess Who do you need to bring on to help you do that? Right. So let's assess who do you have already? You're like, oh, well, we have a great quarterback and we have a great wide receiver and we have a great tight end, right? So it's like, all right, so our air game's strong, but we're lacking, you know, a backfield. It's like, guess what? You know, if you want to score more points, you're not gonna bring in another quarterback or invest in a tight end, a wide out, right? So you're gonna bring in, you know, a fullback and a running back. It's like that's that's who you're gonna start investing in and bring in. So you're gonna bring in a player. And you're going to set expectations that it's like, listen, I want you to help us with our running game so that we can see, score more points and win more games, right? So it's it's very specific. You've identified the objective is to score more points and win more games. How you're going to do that defines what role you're hiring for. And you bring that person in with the expectations and agreements of this is what we want you to do.
0: Yeah. I love the the example of the sports. I think maybe you and I a little bit too much but uh, <laughs> but it just makes so much sense and and even if you think about it in the context of in the sports analogy there are multiple types of receivers Even in the context of having receivers, there's multiple types of running backs, you know? And and so, you know, even in the context of a position, there are types within the position that have different skills. Some guys are, you know, they're just short receivers, they're just really good at that. And some guys are just, man, they're as fast as lightning and just send them. And then just that's the. So it really is also identifying the need and then, you know, within the need, the need within the need. Like, what do you need? Because, you know, we talk about, and this is something, again, we go back to assessing your business, right? So you assess, so you plan, prepare, execute, assess. So what's important now and what's important next and what's important ultimately? A lot of this comes back to what do you want to accomplish ultimately? This goes back to some of the conversation we had in the previous episode, we talked about the why. And if you you have a big enough why, you know where you want to go ultimately, you'll be able to actually develop a long-term relationship. Doc, can we talk a little bit about the short-term versus long-term doctor, associate doctor relationship? There are some associate doctors that are going to come and they're going to be with you for a year or two, and then they're going to go. And that's actually exactly what they should do. And that's what you want. And that's what you need. And you can do that. There's some associates that are coming in and they're actually looking to be a part of this long-term, right? So they're looking for a long-term relationship. And you might say that those are exclusive to, caregiver versus business builder, but it's not. It's actually, you can actually have business builders who are wired as that dominant driving person who actually can be a part of the organization long-term. If you build it in such a way, like you said, from a compensation, especially when it comes to the compensation side, when it comes to that role, the expectations and agreement side, and that can, that can exist at the same time, having an associate doctor who's a caregiver can also be someone who is there as a long-term player, right? So they're there to be on the team. They want to do a career position with you. So can we talk just a little bit about even how to address that? Because I think that's something that, you know, we need to have an awareness to, especially as we journey into this conversation about, you know, finding the right person, the right objectives, aligning that, aligning compensation with that person, but also understanding the vision, how the why and the vision comes into this all.
1: Yeah. So for my note takers, right, we'll get down to, you know, a review of, Objective What are you trying to accomplish by hiring this associate doctor? And then it's the role of that associate doctor like, how is this business going to run when you bring the associate doctor in? And what do you want them to do to achieve that objective? Right? So now you know what avatar of doctor you're looking to hire based on the role you're going to trust them with. Okay. Then there's the exit strategy, which is how does this relationship end? And you want to start with the end in mind, right? So, what did Covey teach us? Begin with the end in mind. So, in our practice, I can tell you, Dr. Pete. We had a very specific track for these doctors, right? So I had two different roles in my practice. One was a long-time role, long-term role, and the other was a turnover role, right? So I had a I had a 2-year apprenticeship, right, where you could come and you would study with us and this is really where the remarkable practice was birthed. We created this 2-year process to train them in everything they needed to know around attraction, conversion, retention, team building, and then we'd launch them right out into the into the world, into their own practices. So, you know, my right-hand man, Dr. Jesse, he stayed with me for 10 years. And that was a long-term role. So that person is your traditional wingman, somebody who is like, yeah, you know what? I want to save the planet, but I want to help you do it, right? So he never wanted to be in the front of the room to be the boss. He didn't feel like he had to be the owner, right? This was—he knew that was not his hierarchy. He was passionate about it. He was incredibly passionate as a chiropractor, incredibly gifted clinician, very knowledgeable, great. You know, he loved his technique, loved adjusting and taking care of patients, right? And also loved helping serve the mission through our practice, right? It was a very it was an awesome relationship that we had, right? So he was the fixture next to me to help me run this run this associate doctor training center, so to speak. The other doctors, they were my SUVs and my race cars, right? Because they, uh, they were only going to come in for two years. So I was okay with bringing in these hyper-talented doctors who were interested in being the entrepreneur and owning their own business one day, because I knew that it was going to be a turnover. So they came in, they gave us a year or two years of their life. Most of it was two years because they had two years to learn from us. They were psyched to be there. That was their purpose. They were there to be developed and hit the big accelerated pedal. So by the time they graduated from our two-year program, they're studs, right? He or she was ready to take on the world. And that's why they were there. That's called a model. Okay. That's an exit strategy. That's a model. We had an agreement from the friend and you got two years. So that dictated the role and responsibility in the practice and the way I compensated them. Right. So that's one of the many tracks we talk about, right? So the different tracks for people, when they come out of school, or when they're ready to move into the next level of their, the next chapter of their career, it's, oh, there's 10 of them. I won't name them all, but you know, the most common one thing people think of is, I'm going to go out and open my own practice. Great. That's one track, right? You might come along somebody as an associate to do a plant to purchase where you'll eventually own your own practice by purchasing it. Maybe it'll be a plant to partner where you take on an associate opportunity where that person going to plant in a practice that you will manage and have equity in, right? Maybe it's an equity buyout. Maybe it's a practice takeover or buyout, right? So maybe it's working inside of a franchise model. Maybe it's coming alongside and being an associate doctor caregiver for a career. Maybe it's working as an independent contractor. Maybe it's a Locum DC, right? So there's all these different tracks. Each one of these things speaks of an exit strategy. If you're talking about, you know, bringing in an associate doctor in your office. So, Pete, if I could, let's just zip to the other side of the spectrum and say, listen, I'm looking to bring in somebody who's going to stay with me. Okay, I don't want them to flee. Right. So basically, it fundamentally is going to come down to two things, two categories of doctors. Are you looking for a business builder or are you looking for a caregiver?
0: Yeah, this is such an important uh, discussion we're having, and I hope that now as you've listened to this point into the podcast that you've got a better understanding. Our goal in the Remarkable CEO podcast is to help you have a remarkable practice as part of Remarkable Life and not instead of one, our goal is to help you become the CEO. And again, going through the four seasons of your career, the season of going from building into scaling means that we bring on an associate. But in order to scale well, and really create durability. You have to have this relationship and do this relationship right. So this is an area where you you know you you're you're struggling or you're challenging, you need some help, reach out to us and let us know how we can support you. You've you've heard us do a, a lot of episodes honestly in the last what is it, two months now that we've done on building a remarkable team, hiring, the hiring process to, you know, just understanding the different roles and the positions on the team. And if this is an area where, you know, you need support and help, we're here to help you with that. So if there's any way that we can do that, please, please reach out to us. And I know we mentioned in the previous episode, we're going to put some links and we'll have some links again in this episode for you to learn more about, you know, Cairo matchmakers. If, if you want to be able to have a, one of those, you know, maybe discovery calls with Dr. Mark about, you know, do, do, am I ready to bring on an associate and and, and what does that look like? And, and he'll, he'll walk through that with you. Or if you already have an associate and you want to jump on and you want to connect with us about what does this mean to, to do this really well? And, you know, I need to build a remarkable associate program within my practice. So that's really where the remarkable practice comes in the remarkable associate doctor program becoming the remarkable CEO. So again, we're here to support you and help you with this because I know many of you, you know, you have, you know, needs and you have desires and you have goals and objectives. And we want to, we want to be able to help you if, if there's any way that, that we can do that. So just want to let you know that this is an area that we we truly have a tremendous amount of passion. And thankfully, we are currently helping many doctors to be able to succeed in this area. And so this is something that you know we objectively have a desire to bring our profession to a whole nother level with. It's really, I think, one of the reasons why we even launched the CEO podcast and program was because we knew we could help doctors grow to that next level. So that's what we're here for.
1: Yeah, and Dr. Pete, this brings us to like the third and probably most wobbly leg of the three legged stool of doing this right, right? So, and that's compensation, right? So, you know, ultimately it's like the owner has to have total clarity around exactly what they're trying to accomplish by bringing in an associate doctor. They have to have total, total clarity around what do I want the doctor to do in their role? is it attraction? Is it conversion? Is it retention? Or or is it all of the above where I want them to run an independent practice inside of my practice? There's all kinds of combinations. I'm not going to tell you how, how to do it. What I'm going to tell you is that you need to know exactly what you're trying to create as far as it's your business. Do you want to have this this practice filled with chiropractors that are each one of them running their own practice inside of your business, inside of your clinic. That's beautiful, right? So we call that a solid white line, like a three-line highway that has solid white lines, right? So their patients don't cross through those lines. They see their respective doctors. That's great, right? But that calls for a very specific doctor that has a very specific set of expectations and agreements that has a very specific compensation model, right? Around that, right? For that to be To flourish and to be optimized. Or maybe you're a broken white line where picture that in the highway, we have three lane highway and it's broken white lines, which means that the, of course, the cars can go between those lanes. Well, in that practice model, that means the patients can go between doctors, right? So it's like, you're going to have a different practice model there with different expectations and agreements. And of course, with those roles, you can have different compensation models. So I want people to understand, like, everybody's always looking for that simple answer that's, you know, hey, you know what? Can you send me over the contract and how you pay your associate doctor? It's like, time out, pause. Remember, 67% of these relationships fail, usually because they don't get this piece right, right? So I'm going to say from the front end of this, it's like, I'm not going to give you that simple answer that you're looking for. I will give you an operational construct, right? So, but I want you to know that this is the trickiest part to get right. And there's a lot of details that we need to know before we can tell you exactly how to do this right for your business. Remember, we're talking numbers now. We're talking metrics. We're talking about your money. You want to get this right. You want to be able to have a business that you want to scale. And the last thing you want to do is take a broken business model and scale it. Now you got a bigger bird's nest, right? So it's like, we want to get the model right and then scale it. So this is really important that you get this right. You're not going to be able to just say, you know, hey, my brother-in-law is a chiropractor and he's got an associate doctor. How about you fax me over your contract? Remember the old days? It's like, no way, man. You can't do that anymore. We're fresh out of fax machines, and that old contract for that associate didn't work with that guy. Why do you think it's going to work with your gal? Right. So it's like, guys, we got to stop doing what we've been doing and recognize that this is a highly sophisticated thing, right? That's simple, but not easy. Okay. So you got to get this right. So there's things that you need to know about your business, there's numbers that you need to know things like what's your true overhead, what's your overhead percentage, what's your margin, right? Margin percentage, et cetera. Right. So, These are all things that are really important to actually land on the numbers, to land on the model that will actually work for you. So I'm going to give you a couple of heuristics, okay? So at the end of the day, there's a couple of rule of thumbs, okay? So if you have a business builder, you know, where you're expecting them to build the business by attraction, conversion, retention, right? You're expecting this person to be somebody who is going to be building the business by going out and generating new business, okay? That's a business builder, the entrepreneurial doc, who's more extroverted, more dominant, the doctor is going to need to be rewarded for their effort, their success. They're going to want to be recognized and rewarded for growth, okay? So they're not as concerned about that base salary as they are with the upside. There's going to be a sexy, attractive upside. So the more successful I am, the more successful I am, the more money I make for it. So they want recognition and reward if they're hardwired to be a business builder. We can tell you how to do that. There's very specific numbers you're going to want to work with, Right to make sure that you're setting something up that creates what's called the golden handcuffs, right? They'd be a fool to leave you, right? Because there's no way they're going to be able to reproduce what you made, what you created for them. You created an environment where they can be successful, right? That's a super complex conversation that we'd love to have with you. Let us know if you need help with that to get that right. When you do, man, it's a win-win-win. On the other side of the spectrum, you've got your caregivers. Caregivers, you know what? They're not as into the whole recognition and reward thing that comes with us race cars, right? where they're coming more from the side of, listen, I love stability. I love predictability. I love to feel like I'm being honored for what I'm doing and being in a fair exchange. I want to know that I can provide for my family, pay my mortgage, pay my car payment. I don't want to have to worry about my student loans. I want to come in and give love and serve and get paid well for what I do. okay So I want stability and security. I'm not into if-then scenarios. I don't respond to money the way you do, doc, the way you're listening to do it right now. Goals and money and all that doesn't drive me quite the same way you do. Purpose and mission does. I love taking care of people. Please pay me well to be a great chiropractor, a great caregiver in your practice, right? And then of course, bonus systems. Bonus systems make sense to me. I'm a great caregiver, I'm delivering great work here in the office. The business is growing because of my great work, and it makes sense to me as a team member that I get bonus based on the revenue growth of this business based on what we agreed on. That makes sense to me. I t- I like a bonus. That just that's I feel I feel like I'm being compensated fairly, right? That's what they sound like like, as a caregiver, right? So instead of lofting out these big if-then goals out in front of them and stressing these people out, listen, if you put that in front of a caregiver, it stresses them out, burns them out, and you're going to lose them. Whereas if you paint that business builder, that entrepreneur into a box that says, this is how much you're going to make no matter what, that stresses them. So you got to do this right, guys. It's so important that we get these comp models right. Because when you do, man, it's a win-win-win. But these are two different animals, Dr. Pete. Thanks for
0: listening to this episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. Remember, what the world needs now is chiropractic. And what chiropractic needs now is more successful chiropractors. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, share with a friend, and leave us a review. And if you'd like to connect with us personally, direct message us on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram. Now go and be remarkable.